Welcome to Walking in Faith with Pastor Rob Currington. This podcast is dedicated to helping develop lifelong seekers of the Kingdom of God. Each week, Pastor Rob helps bring God's message for living to those seeking a richer and more Christ-filled life. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he shares this week's message. Let's just read God's Word together. It's a small portion of Scripture. Galatians 2.20 where he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Amen. Father, oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name. And we come together and join together this morning to proclaim your majesty. For who is like you, O Lord, among the gods, asked the psalmist. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your hand and the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed, and you have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. Father, we join with the prophets who declare, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. We join with the psalmist who also cries out, O Lord, who is like you, delivering the poor from him who is too strong and the poor and the needy from him who robs him. Your righteousness, God, reaches the high heavens. You yourself have promised that I, I am He who comforts you. And like Israel, we find comfort in the words, Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of His inheritance. For God does not retain His anger forever because He delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot and you will cast all our sins into the depths as we see. Father, we come to ask for you to reveal yourself to us this morning in a greater mighty way. Let the words of Scripture be our words and let us drink deeply of your beauty. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And God's people said, Amen. All I wish the whole world could understand that God. Take your Bibles if you would and join with me. James chapter 1, as we're working our way, I've titled this title, The Mark of Self-Deception. As we just remember in verse 18 of chapter 1, it says of His own will, that God brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. The next theme that James writes about to encourage the Jewish believers that are scattered around the world is that of obedience to the Word of God. James understands that there are many things that can prevent and paralyze or even perplex the believer from living out God's command in Scripture. The problem that James zeroed in on last week was unwise speech that stems from anger and how that anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, and then we saw last week that James gave them command to exercise self 
control. Also warning them about reaping what they sow and concluding with a two-step action plan. And that's where we left it last week. Today's passage is all about follow-through. You understand about follow-through, Greg? Just as the importance of follow-through is important in a good pitch in baseball or a perfect free throw in basketball or even an effective punch in boxing, so is obedience in the Christian life. We must follow through. In verse 21 of James chapter 1, James had gave a command and a promise when he wrote, Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. This command had a qualification in that one must receive the Word of God in order to enjoy its many blessings. In today's passage, James continues by contrasting a person who hears the Word of God and follows through and is blessed with one who hears the Word of God but ignores its commands and finds himself deceived. So let's read that passage together, James chapter 1. I'll read out loud. You can read silent to yourself at verse 22 when he writes, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But... One who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is what? Worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Father, we come before you, and I ask, Lord, that you would bless all the study and the prayer that went into this message this morning. I pray, one, that you would just allow me to speak clearly. Lord, let me speak powerfully. But Lord, also let me speak with love, and Lord, with a humbleness, realizing that I stand before you in my own sin and in my own weakness. And so, Father, I pray that you would take the word and that you would powerfully use your spirit to impress on each heart this morning to respond in a way that you have prepared beforehand. Let any distraction be quelled. And, Lord, may we be good listeners, attentive to your word, and may you just do a mighty work. We pray this in your name. Amen. What we see here is just a simple command from James to follow through in obeying the scriptures, to follow through. It's very important to follow through in life. We tell that to young people all the time. You must follow through. You've got to complete. You've got to continue the work. We do it in sports. We do it in education. We do it in work. We do it in all facets of life. Follow through is so important. There's a simple command to follow through in obeying the scripture. For one who does is blessed, and the other is deceived. I want to give you four simple things this morning, observation as I worked myself through this this week. The first point that I want you to understand that James is writing about is follow through is important to avoid self-deception. We see that in verse 22. Follow through is important to avoid self-deception. 
When James writes in verse 21 to receive the word, he means that they are to do it, to follow through and to obey. Hence why he commands them in verse 22 to be doers of the word and not hearers only. James is emphasizing that a Christian is one who not only has received the word of God, but also one who actively obeys its commands and teaching. And that's what I want you to get. Is today there are so many Christians who passively listen and passively take God's word. But the Christian, the believer, is to be one who actively hears the word of God and then who actively obeys its command. We have so many professing Christians today maybe even some here that's hearing my voice, who proclaim that Jesus is Lord. They testify that the Bible is the Word of God, yet in practice they treat its commands as mere suggestions. They proclaim to love Jesus, yet ignore His teachings. I pray that not be so, but yet we know through Scripture that there are many like that. Jesus condemns this very attitude when he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In other words, the reverse is true. You hate me if you disobey my commandments. Why do you say you love me and you love me, but yet you do not do what I want or what I command and what I desire? This command is very central to the rest of James's letter to follow through. As to the Jewish believers scattered among the nations, we already discovered many things about the first century Christian in those times and the many difficulties of the Christian life in the first century. And we know that even in our context today, that living out the commands of the Bible have consequences. To the Jews of the first century, it included various persecutions such as economic hardship, social stigma, and even death. But for us today, there are still harsh realities for many believers around the world, including martyrdom and death and persecution, economic hardship, and especially here in America as it grows more and more, a social stigma. And unfortunately, for many professing Christians, they ignore the truths of Scripture. Or they believe that all they have to do is say a simple prayer, then neglect everything else the Bible teaches. The reason for doing so can be myriad, such as desire to avoid persecution, to avoid hardship, to avoid any type of stigma. There may be an ignorance of what the Bible teaches, or even a laziness, or even a false confession. But there's many reasons why people do not obey. But whatever their reasons may be, James writes in all reality that they are truly self-deceived in their profession of faith. In our scripture reading earlier, Jesus condemned those who professed Him as Lord but ignored His commands when He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Would that be your testimony this morning? If Christ were here this morning, would He look at you and say, what's going on? Do you truly love me? Then what's the sum of your life? What does the rest of your week look like? Are you serving? Are you obeying? 
You see, to read, to know, to understand, and to study, and even teach the Word is not enough. For there are many that do so, but yet do not obey its commandments. We must follow through with obedience. Those who only listen to the Word of God and do not follow through are self-deceived, James writes. John the Baptist is quoted in Matthew 3 saying, Not only must we repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but also to bear fruit in repentance, or bear fruit in keeping with that repentance. For many, they'll say a simple prayer, say, Jesus, come to heart. But yet for them, that's enough. Then they can live life any way they want to, but yet still be saved. Let me tell you, Scripture does not confirm that attitude and that thought process. For as our scripture reading earlier informed us that one who does not follow through obedience faces great ruin. It's not what Rob says. That's what the scripture says. You'll face great ruin for those who hear and do not follow through. So follow through is important to avoid self-deception. The second point I think James is trying to make here is that self-deception is fueled by pride and self-justification. Self-deception is fueled by pride and a desire to justify themselves. Look at verse 23. He writes, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once, what? Forgets what he was like. James is now going to make a simple point of one who does not follow through and likens them to someone with a forgetful mind. Imagine getting ready for an important meeting, a date, an event, etc. You shower, you shave, you put on makeup, you put on your best clothing, and then you take a moment to look in the mirror for that final stamp of approval. You look intently to make sure you didn't miss a spot shaving or applying makeup. You check to see if there are any wrinkles or dirty spots on your clothing. And in your inspection, you find several glaring mistakes in your grooming. You notice maybe that your hair is sticking up in several places and your clothes have a rip in them. Well, what do you do? Well, for most of us, we would spend some time fixing what was wrong. But here, James writes that instead of making the needed changes, they acknowledge the problem, but then they walk away from the mirror forgetting what they needed to do or what they even looked like. The English Standard Version Study Bible makes this point when he write, when one sees imperfection, as in looking in a mirror, Common sense says that something should be done about it. The Greek phrase there when it says looks intently there means to pay attention, to notice, to observe, to consider, to contemplate. It's more than just a simple passing through the ears. But it's a consideration. This word has a strong implication that attention paid is intense. And that contemplation is broad and thorough, resulting in a complete understanding. This is someone who reads scriptures, hears scriptures, and understands what it says. 
James is describing people here who have heard the word of God, sees their need of a Savior, but yet disregards its lifeline of hope. They hear the words of Christ in the Sermon on the Mount. I'd like for you to look at this on the screen where he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. These are the words of life. But yet they reject it. They look into the mirror of God's word and come away convinced of their own beauty. That's what James is saying here, the self-deceived. They are fueled by their own pride and self-justification and seeing the horror of their own spirit, they walk away convinced of their own beauty. The word forget here means to be neglectful or disregard. And how tragic. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, if you want to turn to it real quickly, in verse 9, he says, Do you not know, speaking to the Corinthians... He says, you need to be reminded of this. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. We need to understand this is a very important scripture that's true today. Paul opens up the Word of God and says, this is what you need to understand. These people will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not enjoy the blessings of salvation. And he goes on to remind them, and such were some of you. You were swindlers. You were deceived. You were sexually immoral. You were adulterers. You were idolaters. You were greedy. You were drunkards. You were revilers. But yet, Something wonderful has happened. And I pray that no one today hears the word of God and walks away forgetting who we are. We were children of disobedience. We were rebellious towards God. We were deserving of God's wrath. Yet, God also loved us and drenched us with the mercy of God. And we were adopted by His great grace. As Paul reminds us in that passage, and such were some of you, but now you are washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Do not forget that. To forget is to be self-deceived. To hear the Word of God and not to follow through to go back to living a life of sexual immorality or being a reviler or a swindler or greedy or an idolater or an adulterer. He says to go back to that is to forget who you truly are. And you're really self-deceived. Seeing beauty where there is no beauty. The third point that's very important that James is making here is that the reward of follow-through in the Christian life is effectiveness in our serving. The reward of follow-through is effectiveness 
in our serving. There are so many Christians today or those who profess Christ who say, oh, I wish I was making a mark. Oh, I wish I could do more for Christ. Or why does it seem like my prayers never get answered? I think the answer may be right here in verse 25 when he writes, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. There's a promise there for you and I. David had written in Psalms 19, he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Write that down, Psalms 19, 7 through 8. I would encourage you, write it in your Bible. Mark it down, read these words, hold on to it. Luke recorded in Luke chapter 11. In there, he records a conversation between Jesus and a woman who raised her voice and said, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. I understand that there is a movement to keep Mary and to make her uh, almost a religion of herself. Co-redeemer, they would call her. But God says it's not the blessed Mary that we should bless and worship. But the one who's blessed is the one who hears the word of God and does them. For that's what Mary did. She's blessed. Why? Because she heard the word of God and she followed through. Doug Moo, a pastor, writes that James refers to the law of Moses as interpreted and supplemented by Christ. For we know that in the law, though it is perfect, it had no power to make us free from sin. So what we see in the New Testament is Christ who interprets the law correctly, saves it from that which has been perverted it and destroyed it and added on to it. He supplemented and said, here's how the law becomes perfect because I become uh, obedient to the law. You see, that's the law of liberty as interpreted and supplemented by Christ. For now it has the power to grant us freedom from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and eventually the presence of sin. That is what's meant when he writes, he will be blessed in his doing. When Christ comes, when he returns, salvation will be fully received and those that have been faithful stewards will hear those wonderful words of scripture, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you long to hear those words? You have been faithful over a little, Jesus says. I will set you over much, enter into the joy of of your master. One who hears and reads the word of God and follows through in obedience will hear those wonderful words enter into the joy of your master. Thank you. For others, though, for many who proclaim fidelity to Christ, yet did not follow through, which may be some of you today, I pray not, Jesus has harsher words in Matthew 7. For he says to those in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
So there are those who will be proclaiming Christ, but will find themselves deceived by themselves. For he says, but it's the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? They will say, wait a second. I did obey. I did mighty things. But he says, and then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You see, their works were not done in Christ. They truly were not obeying the words of Christ. They were obeying their own lust and their own desires. Paul warns us in Romans chapter 2 that it's not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. And as the writers of Hebrews 4.2 warns, that good news came to us just as it came to them, speaking of Israel. He says, but the message that they heard did not benefit them. What sad news. But because they were not united by faith with those who listen. So we must understand there are those who will hear the word of God and respond by following through in faith. And there are others who will hear the word, they'll accept it, they'll profess it, but yet their follow through is negligent and sometimes missing altogether. James says those groups of people will not be blessed, but face ruined. They will proclaim all their good works, they will proclaim all their goodness, but yet God will say, depart from me, I never knew you. What sad and tragic words. What words will Jesus say to you today? James, as a good pastor, is trying to share with his people, listen, you must follow through. Make your salvation, your election sure. Let yourself know that you truly are a child of God. Obedience is not an option. And I think there's some of you that you believe that it is. And I'm telling you that it's not. There's many times, I've shared this before, we'll have people that will come in my office, and let's say it's a marriage issue. And I'll say, well, what does the Bible say? It says, love your wives. Well, are you going to love your wife? Well, yes. Well, love your wife tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, tells us what love looks like. It tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 what love looks like. Are you going to love your wife? Well, you don't know my wife and how difficult she is. So I ask this question, well, are you a Christian? Well, yes, I am. Well, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God to those of us and it, pertain, and it contains all that leads to, to life and godliness? Well, yes, I do. Well, then are you going to obey its words to love your wife? Well, you don't know my wife. You know what the answer to that is? The question goes back to the same. Well, are you a Christian? Because in the end, you may not be. For someone to come to my office and say, listen, God just wants me to be happy, and the only way that I can be happy is to divorce my wife. To me, I would say, I'm sorry, sir, you're not a Christian. 
You're not one who is following through. If you're here today and you won't forgive, then I almost despair of your salvation. For the Bible says, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you're here today and you live like, like hell through the week, drinking and carrying on, then let me tell you, you may want to check. I think you may be self-deceived. You looked in the mirror, but you're only enraptured by your own beauty. And you don't see the horror in your face and in your soul and your spirit. Let me tell you, to speak to your wife in tones that are, are, that are, that are wrong and, and wives and spouses and our children, that's not godly. I know I may be coming around harsh, but let me tell you, your eternity, your salvation is at stake. These are not my words. These are the words of James spoken through the Holy Spirit from the weary words of God. He tells us, do not be deceived. The one who follows through is the one who God has as his children. For he says, those who persevere. Obedience is not an option. And I know many of you are struggling with just the concepts and the culture changes in churches. Whether it's with the gay marriage and homosexuality, the acceptance of those with different lifestyles. But let me tell you, the reason why we've made this a forefront, the reason why we're presenting a marriage and sexuality amendment to our church is not because we want to exclude some, for the Bible already excludes them. He says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there is nothing loving to say, I'll accept your lifestyle, I'll give you the rights, I'll even promote it, and I'll let you celebrate it. You're celebrating the death and the destruction of a soul. And so God hasn't called us to do that, but He's called us to warn them and to encourage them. True love says you're on a road to destruction. Your path is not one that you want to take. They're deceived. And let me tell you, there are many Christians that are being deceived on this very issue. We heard the news this week of a Southern Baptist church just down here in La Mirada, that's changed their whole church. We're now going to be a church of the third way. We're going to allow homosexuals to come in. We're going to allow those. And let me tell you, I want them to come to our church. I want those that have same-sex attraction to be here. Why? Because they need to hear the Word of God. But love requires us to do what the Bible says. And let me tell you, that's no different between a man who's sleeping off on his wife or a spouse who's entertaining thoughts of another man. You too are guilty of not inheriting the kingdom of God. So let's not take one sin and put it above the other. But let us recognize that God has called us. Obedience is not optional. But let me give you the fourth one. As James continues... Number four is effective follow-through glorifies God. Effective follow-through glorifies God. For he writes in verse 26, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Let's just take Luke chapter 14, and it's just like salt. You might as well just throw it on. It's lost its taste. It's lost its goodness. 
But in verse 27, he said, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James is writing to those that are religious, those that are only interested in ceremonial public worship. And I'm afraid that there may be some here that that's all you're here. You're here just for duty. You're here because this is just something you've always done and you just want to get through the worship service so you can go out to your own life. Do not be as the Pharisees. Because they're likened to the Pharisees who loved ceremonial public worship. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, but you neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done. You ought to have tithed. You ought to have done all the justice, but you should not neglect the others. As we'll discover later in James Faith and works are united. To love God is to love our neighbors. We show our love by our attitudes and our actions towards them. Those that are children of God will love others. James lists three things that Christians need to do to follow through. And this was important to James' time. It's important to you and I. The three things that James is saying Christians need to follow through is in controlling our tongue. To bridle it. We spoke a little bit last week about anger that leads itself to unseemly and unwise speech. But he says here to bridle that tongue for he deceives your heart. He says there needs to be a concern for the helpless, for those who cannot help themselves, the widows and the orphans. He's bringing in Old Testament theology there. and We should care for those that are in need. And then thirdly, to avoid worldliness. We need to make sure that we realize that we may be living in this world, but we're not of this world. We must recognize that the world hates Christ. They may like the hippie Jesus, but they don't truly love the Jesus on the cross. And the one who will return, who's called true and faithful, and will judge the living and the dead. That Jesus they don't want anything to do with. They don't want the Jesus of the truth. But instead of self-pursuits of our own happiness and fulfillment, we are called to serve the one who has created us, who has called us and equipped us. For Ephesians tells us, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, not by good works, but for good works, to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are saved and we are now to follow through. To those who might say, to say obedience is a duty or to obey is not an option, that is not love. But I'd like to leave you with the words of J.D. Greer who writes in his book, The Gospel, Recovering the Power that Made Christianity Revolutionary. He writes this, and please listen. He says, when our salvation depends upon our righteous behavior, when our righteousness will be driven by a desire to elevate ourselves in the eyes of God, this is not the love of God, it is self-protection. And that's the difference between one who hears the word of God and walks away. They're deceived. They're looking for self-protection. But listen to this. The gospel, though, turns religion upside down. 
The gospel assures us of God's acceptance, given to us as a gift earned by Christ's worthiness and not ours. In response to this gift, you and I are to be moved to obey. Love for Him grows in our response to His love for us. The gospel, the good news that God loves us despite our sin, sent His Son to provide our salvation, and He freely grants us forgiveness, and He deserves our wholehearted obedience. Why? Because God has called us to be doers, not hearers only. He's called us to follow through. So let me ask you today, are you one who has heard and looked intently into the Word of God and now obeys? Or are you one who's walking your own path pursuing your own self-interest and your own happiness. I pray that you would respond to what God has called you to. Be not self-deceived, for many will say, Lord, Lord, and they will hear the words, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Let me leave you with these closing words. It's by a great hymn by William Ogden called Look and Live. He writes, Look and live, my brother, live. Look to Jesus now and live. Tis recorded in this word, hallelujah. It is only that you look and live. Would you look and live this morning? Make that commitment. I'm going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask you to take a moment to pause. I'm going to ask you to take a moment here with your, with your notebook or whatever you use to make to write notes in and to prayfully consider what God is speaking to you, what the Holy Spirit is asking of you today. And then I'm going to ask you to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit may be calling. For this is that time to follow through, see what God's Word has said, and respond to His holiness. Would you take a moment? Father, I know that even in myself as I preach this, I'm preaching to myself. How often have I read Your Word and walked away forgetting what type of person I truly am? Lord, how many times have I read your word and, and saw what you called me to do, but I find obedience too hard, too difficult, or it goes against what I truly want. Father, many times have I walked deceived. Father, give us the strength to follow through. Give us the courage to obey your word. Lord, may, us, may we not neglect the listening, the hearing, the reading of your God's word. For we as your children have been called to obey, to follow through, to love our neighbors, to love you. Lord, let our religion, let our faith be pure and undefiled with a care for others, a love for others. Strengthen us for that walk. We pray this in your name. We hope you have enjoyed this week's Walking in Faith podcast. We encourage you to share this podcast with others in order to help spread God's message to all those in need. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Email us at walkinginfaith at orangevilla.org. You can help us spread this podcast by writing a review at iTunes. And don't forget to visit us online at orangevilla.org. There you will find more information about our ministry, as well as share your thoughts, submit prayer requests, and find out how you can help others to grow in God's love. Until next week, may God bless you in everything you do.